Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name's Tommy Hay and I'm joined here on a rather cold and grey morning in Madrid by the editor-in-chief of GSFN, Kieran Quayle. Plenty to talk about this week, the ever-changing shape of the title race, the Madrid derby on Saturday night, which is set to be a, a big test for both sides, and a new and improved Celta Vigo under uh, Eduardo Cude. But I think the place we have to start is the Champions League. Um, with, and the news that all four of the Spanish teams are in the last 16. This is unequivocally good news for Spanish football, isn't it? Yeah, it's good news to have all four teams qualify. I think before the tournament, you would have expected them to. Um, and then obviously as the tournament went along, there were questions over whether Real Madrid would go through or if they'd have to play Europa League football uh, for the first time in over 25 years. But they did the business and Zidane had to rely on the old guard once again, who were excellent. Like he had that spine back with Ramos, Cruz, Modric and Benzema coming up with the two important goals. Yeah. So it was the, the win that they needed. But apart from the win, it was a really impressive performance um, ahead of the Madrid derby, as you said, coming up this weekend. That's it. Compromiso, that's the word that's been used in the, the papers, which is like commitment. And I think commitment is the, the, the best word to describe Madrid's performance. They never really switched off the full time. And it wasn't a very good. In fact, it was a terrible performance by Gladbach. They mm. were really, really below par. Didn't look like the team that they, they have been over the last couple of seasons. But apart from, you know, all that aside, Madrid looked really, really good. Every player who had to turn up did so. You mentioned Modric, there, thirty-five years old, and you you do wonder with him how long can he maintain that level? Because he, he was just frighteningly good. Yeah. Th- there was a moment, um, he actually he had the ball in the net. The goal got chopped off, but he just body swerved about two or three players, sent them all the wrong way, and batters it in. And it's like this guy's should be near in retirement age, and he looks as good as yeah as he as, as he's ever been. Yeah, himself and, and Cruz are just class acts. And when you have Casemiro in there kind of protecting the defence, it just gives them that kind of role of dictating games when they want it. It's like whenever they want to turn it on, they, they really can. And like all season, we've been questioning Madrid's kind of vulnerability in defence and then going forward as well, like relying too much on Benzema. But like in the middle, even though the players are getting older, there's no real question marks over them because they're still really, really good. Like, Cruz had a pass completion rate of 97% last night and he'd 108 touches in the game. So it's like more than a touch every minute. He's just he's just that dictator that they, they need in there. Mm. Um, Rodrigo was really good down the right as well. It looks like he's ready to replace Asensio because Asensio just hasn't had any form really this year and he put in a great ball for, for Benzema's yeah, header. Like, it was, he just got like half a yard on the left back and whipped it around him and um, Benzema scored but yeah really good and Casemiro back in as well like Madrid need him the problem is they're playing so many games but whenever Casemiro doesn't play they look a bit lost because there's no real natural replacement for him mm. they've only won one out of six this season when he hasn't started so Zidane knows how important he is and then obviously Benzema keeps scoring it's it's funny because like Benzema still gets questioned even though he's now got 69 Champions League goals he's just two off Raul yep. so when he gets when he gets three goals he'll become Madrid's all time second top goal scorer in the Champions League which is is phenomenal really uh, Ronaldo's top with 134 and then Messi second with 118 um, and Lewandowski has 71 yeah. so Lewandowski will overtake Raul as well because he's yeah. obviously going to score more Champions League goals as well but yeah all in all, it was a really good night, and they got the win. Ended up topping the group. I thought uh, 
yeah, Gladbach weren't great at all and they ended up getting through and I thought it was actually it was quite funny at the end because there was uh, eight minutes added on in the Inter-Schachter game oh. and all the Gladbach players were in the like out near the tunnel with an iPad Valdevelas yeah on the <laughs> iPad and they were watching Inter-Schachter and obviously that finished nil all which which put Gladbach through and they all they were running around the pitch celebrating after the game so um, they, were, they were delighted even though they had been played off the park yeah it was the really got out of jail with that one because it was I mean I would say it was Madrid's performance of the season yeah without question Definitely. I think it's as good as they as good as they have been yeah overall and I think uh, we should we should mention Lucas Vasquez as well I was just about to ask you about that yeah yeah um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, this, the, the, the whispering is that maybe he's he's a first choice right back now and I don't know if he's going to sort of dethrone Carvajal I think Carvajal is going to be always as long as he's yeah. fit I think he's going to be the first right, so. uh, first choice right back but I don't know he, he wasn't bad last night at all and he came in and did a great job he set up the first goal mm. very similar to actually Rodrigo's assist for the, the yeah. second goal but he, he was just great yesterday Vasquez wasn't he? Yeah there's a little bit of Jesus Nav asked him because he's like a right winger turned into a right back mm. I just I saw some comparisons last night he gives you so much going forward but he, he didn't put a foot wrong defensively either and then obviously he has Varane and Ramos beside him to, to protect as well but I think um, Zidane Zidane can get some credit for that obviously like Vasquez was Madrid's fourth choice right back and because of injuries to Carvajal Audrey Thorla and Nacho mm. they, they ended up putting Vasquez in there but he's done he's done a really good job I think you're right in saying Carvajal is the first choice and he will come back in because he just gives you he gives you stuff going forward but he's he's more of a defender as well yeah. and he's just that bit more solid than Vasquez because Vasquez has always been an attacker he's always been a right winger but he's 29 so he's kind of adjusted his positioning and taking one for the team yeah so he's a proper he's a proper squad member and he's done the job and um, speaking of Zidane deserving credit he also gives Sergio Arribas his Champions League debut last night mm. he's only 19 and I suppose Zidane probably knew at 2-0 um, that Madrid were very very comfortable and it was more yeah. it, it was done so he brought yeah. him on with Asensio he, he's only 19 he looks like one for the future and um, yeah it's, it's good to see them giving youngsters a chance as well because yeah. you've got the old guards doing the business but then to bring on someone like half the age of Modric yeah. you know it's good for Madrid fans a bit, bit of excitement good for Madrid fans good for good for Spanish football fans as well and mm. yeah we'd hope to see more of that and Madrid certainly do look like it's just a fact they, they've invested more money in youth than they, than they have done as long as I can remember and it seems to be you do wonder if there's going to be a sea change based on financial constraints and and things like that. And obviously the new world we're living in with COVID and everything, I think you'll probably see more and more young players uh, getting a game. So, yeah, very good result for them. Great result for Atletico as well. Two 0 win away to RB Salzburg. Now you'd think by looking at the the result of this that it was a a walk in the park for them. It was a comfortable victory. It was anything but. They mm. were really really uncomfortable for for huge chunks of this match. Salzburg had eighteen shots on goal, fifty eight percent of the possession, and they completely outplayed Atleti for 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 big big chunks of this game. So they'll be very happy to go through. They go through a second in the group. Um, how do you think they'll be feeling at the moment? Yeah, I think they'll just be happy to go through. They needed at least a point, and Bayern had qualified two weeks ago so it was yeah a case of let's get a draw here but they got the 2-0 win got the job done um, 
Hermoso scored a nice header and he's been really good coming in at left back he's kind of taken over as first choice left back ahead of Lodi because he gives them some more stability and it's given Carrasco who's one of their foreign players at the moment it gives him a license to kind of stay forward and do his bit and he scored the second goal after a nice cross from Angel Correa who came on but when Simeone made those substitutes it was funny because the cameras were staying on Luis Suarez and Saul mm. who were both fuming and I think Suarez didn't have a shot on target and he just wasn't really in the game so I think he's really he was upset maybe because it was a half an hour to go and he hadn't really done anything but I think Simeone was thinking that there's a derby in 70 hours and we're playing Real Madrid and I need to keep you fresh mm. we're, we're ahead here Saul was, was raging as well and I think as a midfielder you would be raging but he brought on Hector Herrera who kind of shut up shop for them he just sits in front of the defence and kind of protects it yeah. whereas with Suarez uh, okay you've got a forward but then they brought on Correa and he's like a spark down the wing and he ended up setting the goal up for, for Carrasco and that was a lovely finish by Carrasco as well great. but Simeone came out after the game and he said if I was a player I'd be like them as well I'd be raging I want to play 90 minutes these are the games that you want to play 90 minutes in it's Champions League football we need the win so like you don't want to you don't want to be taken off and there's still so much to play for and it had been such a frustrating performance for them as well mm. so there's that added added element as well of, of feeling god I haven't done enough here and yeah. the team's struggling because they were they were seriously up against it if not anyone that watches the game will know what we're talking about they mm. were their backs were to the wall constantly Yeah, and uh, the, I think Salzburg could have had about Literally four or five goals. Yeah, at some at some point. So they were they were um, they were very very lucky. I think at, at certain moments. But over the course of the group, you'd say that they they do deserve to go through. Probably yeah. not as group winners. I think yeah. Bayern deserve to go through as group winners. So they'll yeah. be happy to um, to to move to the next phase. You mentioned uh, Hermoso there, and I think that's that's a really good point because last season we were. <clears throat> We were talking about the, the issue that Atletico have at left back. Now Lodi was doing very, very well. He was he was playing consistently, he's exciting, good going forward and, and all the rest of it. Mm. The thing was if he got injured, there was an issue with who would come in to, to replace him. You know, uh, Saul could occasionally end up dropping to, to left back and things like that, but it's not really where you'd want to see him playing. Yeah. And there was talk of that being the area that they had to reinforce with the signing. If you remember, Kukureya was the, that was a name being floated as a as a potential uh, left back signing, and it never materialised. So mm. to find a guy within the squad like Hermoso that's doing such a good job, it's just more evidence that Atletico are stronger than yeah. last year, and that they've that's it's just a worry that they don't have anymore. Yeah, and a lot of people wrote Hermoso off after after this one season. We're we're very quick to judge players, and you have to remember that. Last season was a an Atleti team in transition. This season they're a different team. They're more attack minded. They've got more of a, a possession game about them as well. And Hermoso's looking at the moment. He's looking like the, the first choice left back. Lodi's still very young, and he came in uh, from Brazil. Didn't really have any any rest period or any break when he moved, and just got straight into the team. Um, and then a few injuries then kind of give Armoso the chance but Armoso's the more experienced player and he's got a lot of La league experience as well and he just looks very very solid and um, yeah just extra strength and depth because they've been playing Savage and Jimenez at centre-back and they're kind of like the first choice centre-backs but then I forgot about Felipe and like you have to remember that Felipe was rock solid last season in his first season and now he's become like third choice centre-back so like all over they're getting great cover and Trippier's obviously first choice right back and 
Um, Marcus Llorente said after the game last night that it's a pleasure to play with you he tweeted in English Marcus Llorente I think mm-hmm. um, they, they enjoy playing with Trippier because he gives them so much going forward as well he's not just a good right back mm. uh, he had two assists at the weekend against Real Valladolid he was brilliant against Valladolid yeah. yeah so he's just you know in general they're rock solid like, they've only conceded two goals in 900 minutes of La Liga football this season so with the the strength and depth to have at the back and then the goals that they're adding going forward, they're just looking really strong. But finishing second in the group um, gives them a, a tricky draw come on Monday. Uh, come Monday, because they they could possibly face Juventus, Man City, PSG, Liverpool, Chelsea, or Dortmund. Mm. Whereas Bayern will have an easier an easier draw because they topped the group. Yeah, that's it. The marker today called it the. The, the 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 hellish draw of, of the Spanish team except Real Madrid because Real, Real Madrid obviously topped their group against all odds really you know going into that game mm-hmm. but yeah we've got Atletico, Sevilla and Barca all with a pretty hellish uh, hellish draw no matter what way you look at it some of the teams that are in pot one City, Bayern, Juve, Chelsea, Dortmund, Liverpool, PSG mm-hmm. you know it's, it's not looking good for whoever finishes second. It's, you yeah. contrast that with Madrid's draw, which is not a walk in the park by any means, but yeah, it, you you wouldn't like to be in. Uh, you'd prefer to be in Madrid's shoes. Yeah, Madrid can get Porto, Lazio, Atalanta, or Leipzig. So mm. I mean, decent teams, but a fairer draw. But it's grand feeling confident now. Oh, we've got four teams in the last sixteen. Mm. But when you look at those potential games for Barca, who are all over the shop. Atleti who are obviously strong and then Sevilla who are the Europa League experts but not the Champions League experts so when, at the moment it's grand there's four teams there but they definitely face tough tests yeah definitely so yeah. We'll, see, it, we'll see come Monday at this stage it's not going to be uh, not going to be easy for, for anyone so no uh, but yeah well Barcelona not a good night for Barca lost 2-0 no home to, to Juve what went wrong here obviously they, they lost two penalties I think the first one was soft uh, second one definitely wasn't soft yeah. uh, but I think Juventus just outplayed them on the night and it's massively disappointing because despite having played so well in the Champions League they find themselves finishing second in the group yeah they, they, were, they were shocking they were all over the shop and it could have been 3-0 after 20 minutes um, two early goals and then Morata had a nice header that just went over and that could have made it made it 3-0 but um, yeah, Ronaldo got two penalties and Weston McKenney, the, the US international, he scored a well-taken volley, but there was nobody there was nobody near him in the six-yard box. So Ter Stegen came out after the game and said that we need to improve. Um, we're making too many defensive errors and we also need to improve our defending. There, there are two separate things here. Like oh. one is making the errors and one is the actual defending. You have to do both of them. One's a process of an elimination, one is something that you just need to work on. Um, and obviously he was referring to that game against Juventus and the game against Cadiz at the weekend where they lost 2-1 uh-huh. uh, with more defensive errors and absolute mix-up between Longley and... and De-, De Jong as well. Yeah, De Jong was in there as well. So, the, yeah, they've been all over the shop, but there was a, a nice moment just as the game was starting when Messi hugged Ronaldo <laughs> or Ronaldo hugged Messi. It's hard to know who kind of approached who. But um, that's possibly the last time we'll ever see them sharing a pitch yeah. together, which is sad for the ah, the goat lovers. Don't don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Unless they meet in the MLS in two or three years' time, and they're both playing for, I don't know, 
Inter Miami or whoever <laughs> whoever wants to snap them up. Messi could go down the New York route if he joins Man City. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was Ronaldo like thirty five and he's still he's still class. Mm. Like obviously Messi's brilliant, but um, Ronaldo's got a great record against Barcelona. That was his twentieth goal against Barca. Well, he yeah. scored two, but the second one was his twentieth and. Yeah, you just you, you know he's not going to miss, is he? Like when he steps up, he's just so confident looking. Yeah. But um, yeah, Pirlo, I think Pirlo will be happy with that because that was the first time in thirty eight games, um, in Europe against Barcelona that Juventus won. Yeah. So they they posted a photograph on Instagram of their ce- celebrations in the camp now, and they, they looked very pleased. Yeah. About the whole thing, but uh, do you want to go into the Cadiz game? Yeah, because it was a uh, again, it's it's taking me back to Madrid a few weeks ago. Just two two really bad results uh, in a row, and they're not looking good at all in the league now. Mm. They they really aren't. I mean, it's it's just been a buying average season for them great to see Negredo getting a goal I have to say <laughs> you're always happy for him just great professional great guy uh, and great for Cadiz as well because we weren't sure how they were gonna how they were gonna do going up you you thought it could be a yo-yo season for them but yeah. what you know they've beaten Real Madrid and Barcelona so it's yeah. uh, in the first half of the season so hats off to them they're ahead of Barca in the league yeah and, four and points ahead so. of Barca yeah rightly so yeah, yeah they're, they're fifth and it's their first season in 14 years Back in the Primera, but they they made it really hard for Barca. Like they're they're so compact. They set up in two banks of four, but those two lines are really really tight. So they sit really compact, and Barca just couldn't break them down. Uh, and Alvaro Sierra, their their coach, he came out after the game and he was talking about how narrow Barca are, mm. and he was saying that they kind of played into our hands our, their their threat and our fear was down the wing and when Dest was substituted mm. I was kind of relieved because that was their outlet um, and he knew that they could kind of control the game when he went off uh, because they were just able to soak up the pressure and, and Barca couldn't play between the lines where Messi likes to play anytime Messi kind of had the ball there would be two Cadiz players around and uh, Janssen the, the Danish midfielder he, he kind of played a nice role between those lines kind of cutting out any danger so Barca found it really tricky um, it's not like it's not a delight for for football fans for purists to watch Cadiz no. but they're fifth in the table so it's a bit like you look at Leeds coming up to the Premier League they play this like really nice attractive brand of football really yeah, free flowing and you know pressing attacking never giving players a minute mm. like constant just driving and energy Whereas with Cadiz, it's the opposite. They're just sitting and they're, they're not letting you through. Yeah. And they've got 18 points. They're four points ahead of Barcelona and they're two points off Real Madrid. And they've beaten both teams. So, like, who's to argue? Yeah. Like, if, 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 you're, if you're doing that well, even though it's not... Like, Negredo said after the game, he scored after 43 seconds of coming on. He said after the game in an interview, yeah, we don't have the ball. We don't keep the ball. We don't attack teams, but it's working. And he, he was delighted. I think by nature they're exciting to watch because that's the thing. If it was another team, maybe a team we would expect to be higher up the league for argument six, Sevilla or, or someone like that playing that way, you'd be like, oh God, this is murder or whatever. But because it's Cadiz and everybody, I think, more or less is willing them to do well. To have a soft spot. That's yeah. the thing, got a soft spot. So they're, they're kind of by... 
by by their own nature exciting to watch despite the fact that they're not a Leeds United and they're not a Real Sociedad either mm. but they're yeah I, I totally I, I know exactly what you mean that they're that they're um, they're a really entertaining team and they fully deserve what, they, what they've got yeah. very rare for a coach like Therabera he's not not orthodox in many ways and I, I think one of the things that I was surprised about was the fact that he did come out after the game and sort of kind of criticised Barca a little bit mm. saying you know that they were this wasn't we knew what to do here against them. You he's know, got a fantastic beard. Yeah. He's got a, a big grey beard and he was given his he, players... He, he reminds me a bit of um, Espirito Santo. Yeah, a similar Luke. beard, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't be as tall as Santo. Mm. He was a he was a keeper. Yeah. Um, he was actually the first player that Jorge Mendes signed as an agent. There you go. When he became an agent with Deportivo La Coruña. That's brilliant. Yeah. But uh, Serrera, back to his beard. Uh, when he's given instructions to his players, he's stroking his beard <laughs> and you just know he's got this idea that's yeah. going to prevent Messi from, from getting the equaliser you know he's just he's got this kind of beard of wisdom savvy yeah <laughs> savvy beard approach <laughs> but um, yeah cat, the Catalan radio programme que te juegues Chukas que te the Catalan that's the Catalan uh, translation I'm glad yeah. you've got a little bit of Catalan <laughs> yeah. but uh, they were saying that some of the Barca players aren't happy with Koeman's 4-2-3-1 formation mm. that like he doesn't change from it and not even just from week to week but in games when it's not working he's not flexible with the approach and he's got an inability to change it because that's the system that he wants to apply and, and that's it there's no there's no going away from that so supposedly there's a little bit of uh, trouble in the camp with that formation that some players who are used to a 4-3-3 they they just don't like it and and it's and it's not working in some games, but um, you have to go back thirty three years since Barcelona had a worse start in La Liga in in their first ten games of the season. So nineteen eighty seven eighty eight, Terry Venables was sacked after four games because he got one win out of those four and he lost three, uh, and then Barca hired Luis Aragonés. And then he ended up taking Barca to sixth place that season, which was pretty bad for Barca. Mm. Um, so yeah, it just hasn't been hasn't been a good start for them at all. But I think Kuman's lucky because there's no president there, so he can't get sacked. Yeah. So he's he's got he's got a job until February. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, the elections obviously in in, in January, and there's obviously that transition period. So mm. you, you do wonder because it's. It, <laughs> I think that the thing that, that gets to me is how long can Barcelona's players have a go at their manager? I don't know. Obviously, Kitty Jugas come out and say this thing. They'll have their sources and all that. Other players aren't happy and everything. But mm. when was the last time the players were happy? Because it seems to be that this, this is a constant thing of the players aren't happy with the formation, the players aren't happy with the manager, they aren't happy with a member of the technical staff, like Sarabia. Or you know, there's there's a there comes a point where it's a bit like what Yago Aspas said at Celta. There comes a point where we have to look at ourselves, mm. and we've had X amount of managers in the last uh, in the last in the last year or so. You know, to 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 what point are the are the players responsible for this? And it just seems to be that there's a pretty toxic atmosphere at Barcelona at the moment. And I don't know. It's uh, if you're a Barca fan, it's it's really negative to to look at it and Messi's getting lots of abuse because he's getting so well paid and he's just going around with a sorry look on his face all mm. the time yeah. and they're comparing him to like the joy of Maradona when he was on the pitch Yeah. Um, so yeah it doesn't look great Messi or sorry not Messi Griezmann came out after the Juventus defeat and he said our attitude was terrible and that's 
not like him because he doesn't give interviews until the recent Jorge Valdana one. Mm. But yeah, he, he, he said that they need to change their attitude or, or, or the season's going to be gone before they know it. Yeah. Well, elsewhere in the table, two teams we've already spoken about, we have to talk about the, the Madrid derby and look ahead to that because it's the it's undoubtedly the, the main fixture of the, of the weekend. Um, difficult to choose an informed team here because they're both kind of... It's been an up and down season in, in, a, in a way for Madrid. They've obviously lost a, a few games. It's not been the way they would have wanted it to be in the league. But they're off the back of two very, very important wins, well-deserved wins against Sevilla and, and Gladbach. They'll surely be feeling good going into this. And then on the other hand, you've got Atletico, who are mm. who are top of the league, yeah, um, playing well. They've got two games in hand as well on on, on Sofia, Dad. Yeah. Um, who is the informed team going into this? Is it both? In the league, it's Atletico because they haven't lost in 26. Yeah. And they've got 26 points from a possible 30. So mm. eight wins and two draws in the league, whereas Madrid's form hasn't been as good in the league. Mm. They're six points off Atletico with an extra game played as well. But obviously, they'll be confident. It's a Madrid derby. Um, and up until 2013, it was a Madrid derby that Atletico hadn't won in 14 years. And over the last seven years, there's been a bit of a change. Ever since Atletico beat Real in the Copa del Rey in 2013 in the Bernabeu, which is an absolute sickener for Real Madrid, uh, things have changed and the derby's been a bit more even. And Atletico have obviously won the league since 2013 as well. So it's more of a derby. And there used to be a banner in the Bernabeu going around saying we're, we're looking for a rival for our derby, yeah. our Madrid derby. But it's, it is a derby now, uh, obviously a derby without fans this weekend, which is a pity, but yeah, uh, it's I, a very, I, very I, I interesting the Stefano one. as well, it's not going to be in the Bernabeu. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's at to the Stefano, which has that kind of training ground feel mm-hmm. about it. Even when there's fans in there, I mean, it's, an, it's a nice little ground, but it's like a tenth of the size of the, yeah. the, the new Bernabeu that's going to come soon. Um, so it's yeah it's not the same and obviously there's going to be no atmosphere there but I think on the pitch it will be a good battle uh, it's a really really hard one to call um, Atletico haven't been beaten in 26 games which is a ridiculous run in the league and they've only conceded two goals in those 10 games so like they'll be confident of keeping a clean sheet mm-hmm. and, and getting a goal and because they're they're playing a different style this time round this season they'll, they'll, they'll definitely give Madrid a very very good game um, I don't see Atletico losing, but yeah, it could be could be a draw, could be Atletico very very close. Yeah, you don't you, you don't see Atletico losing even though Madrid have got Benzema back back to his best. It would seem. I don't see I don't see them losing. No, I think it's it's a must win for Madrid. Yeah, like Madrid have to win because if Atletico win, then there's nine points. Yeah, of a gap, and Atletico have that game in hand as well. So oh. Madrid will definitely go out to 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 win it. But Atletico are absolutely capable of beating them as well. So um, the away factor might allow Simeone to play slightly more defensive than he has been playing recently. Um, not as expansive, but it, it's going to be it's going to be really really interesting. You wouldn't want um, to see that though, you know, a, a less expansive mm. Atletico because we, we've sort of. I at least have come to enjoy watching them this season mm. which is a big contrast to last season Yeah, because of just through the nature of what we do you, you do have to watch quite quite a few games and I, I was never really looking forward to watching Atletico last they weren't, season they weren't fun to watch no no, and, no. and that's changed yeah. now so it would be it would be a shame I think for them to, to drop back to that but it's a very tight pitch mm. and I think 
the way Cruz, Modric and Casemiro played last night dictating the play they're not going to get that much time in the ball this time around but they'll go out to do the same thing um, so yeah it's can't, can't expect lots of goals no but yeah I think I think Atletico will come away with at least a point yeah you mentioned Suarez earlier obviously he was angry getting taken <laughs> off but this is the thing you know he, he loves playing against Madrid yeah scored 11 goals against him in his career However, the last time he scored against him was February 2019. That was the last time he, he scored against him. He got mm-hmm. two goals in the Copa del Rey at the, the Bernabeu. He'll be set to start, you'd imagine, provided he's yeah. get injured in training or anything like that. Um, how scared do you think Madrid will be of him, given how he's been this season? Very scared of him, because he's a nightmare to play against. And I think he'll, be, he'll take that anger from last night's game and use it. Mm as fuel against Ramos and Varane and, and wreck their heads as, as much as possible. I think you can almost I think you can almost um say already the eleven that Simeone's gonna use because they've been that good. Yeah. So, you know, like it'll be him and Jao Felix you'd imagine leading yeah. the line. It's it's generally been a four four two and sometimes like a three five two with the wing backs, like Trippier and Carrasco working as wing backs mm-hmm. and then Saul and Coke in the middle. Um, shout out to Thomas Lamar who scored his first goal last oh, week. Oh, unreal! Can't believe we forgot <laughs> yeah, to mention that. Thomas yeah. Lamar against against Valladolid. I I don't see him starting against Madrid, but he scored his first goal in forty five games. He didn't have a goal or assist in forty five games. Uh, he scored four goals in eighty five in total for Atletico. So he just like he's obviously been getting dogs abuse from the stands, online, everywhere. But Simeone has said he's he's a decent player. And he's persisted with him, and he's got the goal. Yeah, and I don't think enough was made of that. I, w- I was <laughs> I was looking uh, just through the the newspapers after the weekend there, and I don't think enough was made of the fact because the guys get had absolutely so much abuse it couldn't really have gone too much worse shot. Well, see, the jury's still out, so people aren't going to get too excited because the jury is still out on his seventy million euro price tag. But it was brilliant. Even like I don't know, it, it seemed like. Do you remember when? Do you remember when Peter Crouch scored after all those games? I no. can't remember who it was against. I think it was maybe Portsmouth. Like well, He went God knows how many games as a striker without scoring. It was over 30. I don't know how many games it was. but And he scored an absolute screamer. It went in off a deflection. But the celebrations, I was expecting something like that. You know, just total madness, you know. Yeah. And it was the whole thing was understated. Most I, of the boys are probably like, about time, mate. Yeah. Fair play to you, but like it, you, you, you took your time. Yeah. We, we did pay seventy million. That was a good goal. Um, good goal for yeah. the left hand side as well. Yeah, no, it's it's. But that's it. Like Simeone has more options than ever. Mm. But in saying that, he's got that eleven that are really really strong. Yeah. Uh, with Llorente, Carrasco, all on fire. Yeah. Um, how good is Marcus Llorente? He's just week after week he's doing it. Like he used to be a defensive midfielder, mm. and now he's just attacking outlet that they have, and he's scoring goals and. Absolute workhorse yeah. as well. Yeah, he just n- never really stops. He's on the paleo diet. Supposedly, he's never eaten a hamburger. Inside knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> he's ne- he's never eaten a hamburger in his life. He's got this really really strict diet, and um, only eats fruit in the morning. Yeah, fr- that as well. fr- a friend of a friend, a, f- a friend uh, uh, I know here in Madrid, said that his his diet is is insane, but yeah. it's it's paying off now. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Very, very explosive. Late bloomer, but yeah, he's he's mm. having a great time just now. So, last question on that: any weak points in either of the the teams? Uh, if Marcelo starts, Marcelo would be Madrid's weak point. But yeah. you, you can imagine Mendy starting, 
Um, Varane obviously hasn't been fantastic. You know he's a good defender, but he hasn't been fantastic. But alongside Ramos, he's a more confident player. And yeah, I think uh, down the left, Lucas Vasquez, as good as he was last night, he might find he might find it difficult against Carrasco because Carrasco's been on fire. Um, and then weak points in Atletico's defence at the moment none yeah. because they're not conceding goals um, and then yeah just getting getting Suarez back into into form because he, he was on fire before Covid got his Covid and then you know he hasn't he hasn't scored since coming back but yeah if he can if he can start scoring their their title contenders mm-hmm. absolutely okay well we'll see how that goes uh, you want to talk a little bit about Celta Vigo because mm. we've had a lot of negative just over the last year or so we've had a lot of negative stuff about Delta Vigo but yeah. uh, new coach could they seem to be yeah. seem, they look like a new team almost yeah it's um, it looks good it's only three games under Cude, uh, who came in from international in, in Brazil he's an Ar- Argentinian coach mm-hmm but obviously played at Celta as a player played a few games for the club and yeah he's just he's, he's changed it from what Oscar Garcia had going there which wasn't a very good thing it was just seven points from a, an opening um, nine games and not good and a similar team to over the last couple of years with lots of talent but just not making them not making them tick and yeah, he's just kind of changed it up a bit. Could uh, do He's just got a different style about it. He's playing. When you look at the lineup, like the beat Athletic Club two 0 on Friday, and I saw the team with Nolito, Suarez, Aspas, and Mina, and I thought this is very exciting. But yeah. you're going to have a lot of problems in behind. Yeah. Like who who's gonna who's gonna hold this together? And and the player that's doing that is Renato Tapia, who's a, a Peruvian midfielder. We're calling him the Peruvian Casemiro. Um, he's 25. He's only that was only his fourth game for the club, but he's the one kind of he's holding it together in in defensive midfield and allowing Denis Suarez to go and Nolito and Aspas and Mina. Um, so yeah, you've got yeah Bryce Mendes is in there as well. He's he's a good attacking midfielder as well. So it's very attacking. He's changed it to like a four three three and. Mina running the channels has given Aspas space to do his thing um, which he has been doing anyway regardless of the system Aspas is always coming up with goals but um, they, they look like they just look more attacking like from since Kude came in they've got six points from nine they've scored seven and they've conceded five and before he came in they'd conceded 15 and they'd only scored seven so they've already scored the same number of goals in three games um, since he came in and um, they just look more exciting but yeah I'd still have questions over how good they are defensively yeah. if they're going to play that attacking system because that's fine against Granada yeah. and Athletic Club but you can't play that every week no that, that's not right and they, they've they've been an incredibly strange team over the last uh, few couple of seasons particularly last season because they, they just promised so much they had all those players plus the likes of uh, like a Pianisisto and they had Rafinha in that yeah. squad last year they had you know a good few solid players and uh, the team just didn't uh, just didn't kind of materialise it was weird that Garcia when he left he said oh I, I felt that the team was moving in the right direction and they had the bright future ahead of them but 
it, again, it was just with the greatest respect in the world that just wasn't where where they they seemed to be going at the time. So you do wonder if, if this thing with the uh, Kudet is a, a case of new manager coming in, a different uh, sort of breath of fresh air, a new kind of a, a change, and you do get a, a little high from that. Yeah. Also. We've seen that Celta Vigo a big issue with the managers in recent years is, is fallings out with the people with the board with the people that are in charge. Mm. So again, he's not really had time to fall out with anyone. Yeah, I wouldn't be. It sounds sounds miserable, but if I'm a Celta Vigo fan, I'm not going to be too optimistic. <laughs> Just based on the last few years, with Cudet or with the board, w- with the whole with the whole system, yeah. Mm. So not necessarily with Cudet, but just because he's he's in that kind of he's in that sort of ecosystem at Delta which is it's just been toxic for managers in, in the last uh, few years I mean uh, Garcia got sacked one year and five days after taking over from Fran Escriba mm. which was you know the he you know mm. uh, yeah I mean like so it's he's, he, he's yeah. the 16th coach of the Mourinho presidency that's what I was looking for 16th coach of the of the Mourinho presidency to be fired yeah was, uh, was in there so, so Mourinho's like, there a while in the role obviously that's it and he's yep. just and he's just sacking boys left, right, and centre. Unfortunately, a year isn't anything. Yeah. But in modern day football, you're not going to get much longer if if you're not getting the results. Like presidents are just expecting results straight away. Kudet's been fortunate in that he's been able to do that very, very quickly, and he's mm. got he's got an established philosophy there already, which the players have um, adapted to, mm. and they're and they're getting results. So. It'll be interesting to see. He's he's a youngish manager um, with a good record in South America. So I think it's yeah, it's a it's an optimistic time for players and fans. But if there's trouble off the field, God knows what's going to happen. And it's just it's just a question of time, I think. So mm. we'll we'll see how that goes. Not to be too pessimistic, mm. but you know we'll see how it goes. Well, uh, for what's left of the program, we're going to have a look ahead to the games uh, this weekend. Obviously, we've spoken about Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, the Madrid derby. Saturday at 9 o'clock Spanish time 8 o'clock UK and Irish time any other games that jump out at you this weekend yeah there's the I always I always like to look at Valencia even though they haven't been great and they're playing athletic club mm. um, generally I lived in Valencia for for quite a while so I always look out for their fixtures and try to watch as many games as possible um, the good news for them is that they've signed Yunus Musa on a new on a new uh, six year deal. They've, they've extended his contract, so that's really good news. The fact that they've been letting so many players go recently, um, most of their first team squad, in fact, uh, and he's an up and coming player who's starting week in week out, and he's got great potential. So that should be a good one against a Dedic club. Very hard one to call. Um, Getafe have Sevilla. Also, could be. A good match. Obviously, the Madrid derby is the one to look out for. Yeah. Um, Getafe yeah, need to bounce back. Honestly, that's mm, uh, unbelievable. On a bad run, Lose, yeah. Losing against Levante as well. Yeah. Uh, Levante have not been good at all this season. Yeah. They completely the, ran away with it. Yeah, it's it's strange to see Getafe in fifteenth. They're normally top six, mm. so they're they're down they're down near the bottom, struggling recently. And this is where the style of Bordelas starts to look terrible when they're yeah. not winning. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know. It's. it's Probably not a game for the neutrals at Getafe v Sevilla, but it will it will probably be a good kind of contest in in the sense of maybe not goals, but it'll be a good physical good physical battle. Two pretty well organised teams and two teams really really wanting to win. Betis be Real, I think be Real are always fairly decent to watch, and mm. Betis are on a bit of a high after after winning. They broke a really terrible run that they were on. Borja Iglesias finally scored. Yeah, 
Yeah. Thank God. We were talking about him last week, weren't we? Yeah. About Borja Iglesias. Uh, yeah, he couldn't buy a goal, but he finally scored against Osasuna. He hasn't scored since, or he hadn't scored since, I think, January or February. So he left it just basically either side of the <laughs> of 2020 to get yeah. his goal. So. But he, he's persisted. Yeah. And he, he eventually got his goal. Yeah, two in, two nil win against Osasuna. So good win for them. Very good. Excellent. Okay, well, I think that's uh, anything else you, you'd like to point out? I think. Well, that's it. That's it for this week. Right, we're more or less done. Okay, well, we'll be back again uh, towards the end of next week for another La Liga preview, and we'll also see what's happened with the Madrid derby, which should be very, very exciting. So if you want to watch that Saturday at 8 o'clock, if you're in the UK or Ireland, or if you're in Spain, 9 o'clock. That's all we've got time for this week. Thanks for joining us as always, and we'll see you again soon. Adios. Hasta luego.